0: To see to the Space to Space Space
1: Space
2: our new brake pads are really cool you're not even going to believe it like um let's say you're driving along the road with your family and you're driving along la, 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 woo, and then all of a sudden there's a truck tire in the middle of the road and you hit the brakes
1: whoa that was close <laughs>
2: Now, let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the backseat, I gotta go to the bathroom,
1: daddy. Not now, damn it. Truck tire. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> uh, uh, help! There's a cliff. Uh, and your family's screaming, Oh my God, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs. In comes a meat wagon. And the medic gets out and says, "Oh my God!" New guy's in the corner puking his guts out.
2: All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. (laughs) And to me, it doesn't get out now, sir. Do you validate? No!
3: Okay,
0: thank you. Oh my god. (laughs) I just wanted to play that clip so when I said that shit, you would know what the fuck I was talking about because Oh my god. We actually have some motherfucking questions out here. Who woulda thunkin', huh? So yeah, one more time, oh my god, (laughs) that's a clip from Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, rest in peace, David Spade, you know what I'm saying, legendary comedy movie, Tommy Boy done, but yeah man, we got some motherfucking questions for episode 45 out here, cold 45, two zigzags, damn, I didn't play that, I gotta play that at some point, I'll play it after these questions, you know what I'm saying? Yo, check this out, man. Welcome motherfucking back. Episode 45 of K-Podcast. You know me. K to the (laughs) P-O-D. Nah, I'm playing, man. Oh, I'm not playing about the questions, but you know, I'm just fucking around, having some fun with you. But listen here, man. Episode 45, finally, since probably episode like 11 or some shit, we have listener questions. So before I get into these, once again, to reiterate... You know what I mean? This is for the people, man. I want I want to speak to you guys. I want you to speak to me. You know what I'm saying? Conversation. You know what I mean? So to reiterate, you can send some shit into the show, man. All you gotta do is open your email. Send to click. You know what I mean? Type in the real K podcast. T H E R E A L. K P O D C A S T. Done. No done in the email. <laughs> Just for dramatic effect. At gmail.com. All right. Questions, suggestions for the show, shit that, you know what I mean? Maybe I should, you got recommendations, something I should do or something that I'm doing that you don't like. I'm going to tell you to fuck out of here. Maybe not. Maybe I'll take it in consideration. I don't know. Play it by ear. Depends. You know what I mean? Depends on your attitude, then. Right? <laughs> but listen, man. We got some questions. I'm going to read them right here. All right. It says, Hey, K Pod, Ashley here from West Palm Beach. I've got a couple of questions. Well, Ashley, I'm going to start off. You sound gorgeous. All right. (laughs) I don't know. I can't see you through the email, through the computer, but you sound beautiful. All right. So we're starting off on a good note. All right, people. You know what I'm saying? This could be you. But you fucking up. Ashley took the crown right now. So, Ashley, I'm going to read your questions, all right? I appreciate I appreciate you, you know what I mean? Sending in some shit. Contributing. So, Ashley asks. Asks. That's such a shitty word to say. Asks. A-S-K-S. Asks. Ashley asks. As an artist, how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things? Well a great question and honestly i think the only answer is you never stop learning not even just as an artist but as a person but since you asked about artistry we'll stick on that you're kind of always learning at least if you want to grow and be a better artist you can stop learning and be a fucking idiot if you want but that ain't me all right uh, especially i've learned with beat production i feel like to write for to write Uh, bars raps poems whatever you're writing you kind of need like life experience you need to go live in order to draw that inspiration to write at least in in my opinion but what i've been realizing to your question about learning and educating myself i've i've had to do countless hours of research um with beat production You know pretty much everything i've learned up to this point or at least majority of it has been from youtube university you know what i'm saying uh the internet is a beautiful tool if you know how to use it you just gotta have the the drive to want to learn you know what i mean and obviously the the willpower to do your research and i guess the determination to click and file and scrub and go through countless hours of shit. Because a lot of it's a lot of fluff, bullshit, people trying to, you know, everyone on YouTube wants you to subscribe to their channel and all that good stuff, which is great. But I'm trying to get the meat and potatoes I eat. But yeah. So I guess uh, to answer your question, how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things? Is really just that. You have to learn. You have to seek out the knowledge that you that you need you know what i mean no one's gonna teach it to you um but like i said the internet is a beautiful tool also obviously your peers if you associate with people who are in in the same field as you or have knowledge of something that maybe you're interested in uh i think i think today too many people are scared to ask for help or even just ask a question you know maybe you don't want a handout you don't want someone to help you but just ask for some advice you know what i'm saying a lot of people what I found is the, the most successful, knowledgeable people will always want to pass that knowledge on to somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, so just ask. Ask questions. Don't be ashamed of not knowing things. You know what I mean? Like that's the only fucking way to learn. And then uh, practice, obviously. Practice. I don't think practice ever makes perfect, but practice definitely makes progress. That's for fucking sure. So just keep practicing, you know. Stay driven. Uh her next question is what's something you think people seem to misunderstand about hip hop? I would definitely say I mean, I don't even know if I'm the proper person to answer this, but since you asked, I what I see from the quote unquote outsiders of hip hop, people who, you know, aren't into hip hop, everyone thinks they just think that it's what they see on tv um in movies and tv shows and shit like that maybe not so much anymore because there's the internet and shit but i feel like growing up you know what i mean like all us suburban white kids thought that fucking that hip-hop was like just g-unit and shit like that you know what i'm saying like all the gangster shit not knowing that there's multiple little tributaries of the river of hip-hop if you will you know, the little, quote-unquote, backpack era, fucking, you know, lyrical, conscious shit, all the traps. Like, there's there's mad different um, different avenues you can take if you want to be in hip-hop or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You don't even have to be an MC. There's dancing, graffiti, you can make beats. Uh, I mean, a whole bunch of shit, you know what I mean? So I, I guess the—I would—I think— most likely, the biggest misunderstanding about hip-hop is that it's only one thing, you know? Um, people try to box it in and categorize it, and it's really just, uh, it's very flexible. It's very, uh, it's universal, really, you know? And then her last question was, if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Well, Ashley, I would probably slap <laughs> the eight my 18-year-old self silly to be honest with you i was a fucking idiot um i mean not an idiot in regards to like you know being <laughs> not an idiot in regards to being an idiot but you know nah like uh just you you learn so much kind of back to the first question every day of your life you should be learning something new so since it's been 12 years since i was 18 you can imagine what I've learned in that time period, when I was 18, I was doing dumb shit that I wouldn't do today, that I don't do today. Um, just my lack of experience, my lack of life experience. Uh, I would, I would tell that motherfucker to go get it. You know what I'm saying? Stop worrying about all this dumb shit, partying and bullshit. You know what I mean? Fucking whatever you want, go get that shit. Whether it's money, you know the music shit. You just gotta work for it, you know what I mean That's what I would tell my dumbass 18 year old self I wouldn't beat the shit out of him, but I'd slap him around a little bit You know what I mean, I'm definitely bigger now <laughs> Than I was back then But I would, you know Cause I know my 18 year old self wouldn't listen to me now You know what I'm saying, so I'd say my shit He'd be like, yeah, whatever, fuck off I'd be like, oh yeah, what, mother You gonna listen to me, mother Yeah, bitch Yeah <laughs> So yeah, man, you know, sometimes it's tough love out here. You gotta, you just gotta, you know what I mean? But nah, much love, Ashley. I appreciate the questions. Once again, you sound gorgeous. If you're single, holla at the kid, you know what I mean? Give you a big old kiss on the mouth out here. <laughs> but anyway, man, as I promised.
1: Woo. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you like that shit, man? I'm pretty good. Hey, man, I got a gang of that shit, man. And hey, you i, get a, I tell money, you what, man. My I'm man like, on the man, guitar, man. Hey, fool on the drum. Hey, just, hey, everybody yeah. crowd around the mic. I tell you all these motherfuckin' jokes I like, got. Oh, hey, let so first, I'ma start off like this. Hey, help me sing it, homeboy. Come on. Send Code 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. We can go to the park, cap the dog, smoke that tumbleweed. As the marijuana burn we can take our turn singing them dirty rap songs stop and hit the ball like teaching chong and sell takes from here to hong kong so roll 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 my joint pick out the seeds and stems feeling high as hell flying through palm bills, skating on dating ribs so roll roll the 83 cadillac If my tapes and my CDs just don't sell, I bet my cabbie will. Well, it was just sundown in a small white town. They called it Eastside Palmdale. When the Afro man walked through the white land, houses went up for sale. Well, I was standing on the corner selling rap CDs when I met a little girl named Jan. Jan. I let her ride in my caddy because I didn't know her daddy was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) We fucked on the bed, fucked on the floor. Fucked so long, I grew a fucking Afro. Then I fucked to the left, left. fucked to the right. right. She sucked my dick till the shit turned white. I thought to myself, Sheba Sheba, got my ass looking like a zebra. I put on my clothes and I was on my way until her daddy pulled up in a Chevrolet. Uh-uh. So I ran, I jumped out the back window, but her daddy he was waiting with a two by four. Oh, he beat me to the left, he beat me to the right. The motherfucker whooped my ass all night, but I ain't mad at her prejudice, dad. That's the best damn pussy I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> bag of weed and a bottle of wine I'ma fuck that bitch just one more time Code 45 and two zigzags Baby that's all we need Come on, We can go to the ball Grab the dogs, Smoke that tumbleweed uh, And as the marijuana bird, We can take our turn Singing them dirty rap songs Stop and hit the bone like Cheech and Chong And sell taste from here to Hong Kong So roll, roll, roll my joint Pick out the seeds and stems Feeling high as hell flying through Palmdale, skating on Dayton Reels. So, roll, roll the 83 Cadillac Group the If my tapes in just don't sell, I bet my cabbie
0: will. Uh, I hey. Hey, yeah, man. A little Cold 45, Two Zigzags, aka Crazy Rap, Afro Man. Yeah, you know I mean, he's only right. Episode 45 I'm done. But real quick before we get started on the topics, uh, just a quick little update. I had two, two first time experiences that have occurred since we spoke last time. I had I went and I ended up going to get shot number one for the COVID vaccine, so I'm half vax now. I know, yeah. You know I mean, it wasn't that bad, man. They just give you the shot, make you wait for 15 minutes or whatever. It was, the Walgreens was so close that I ended up just fucking riding my bike up there. They had the the Pfizer vaccine. So I got shot number one, and I'm going back for number two at the beginning of June. But, I mean, mine didn't hurt that bad. I know some people have been getting reactions. One of my buddy's wives, actually, shouts to Keiko. She had to go to the hospital. I think she's better now. Um, but she had a bad reaction to one of one of the vaccines. I'm not sure which one it was but mine went fine man barely even hurt you know what I mean they say it gets like tender it was like a little bit if I would repress on it or something but besides that it's pretty much you know just like a normal shot which I'm not a huge fan of but hey man gotta do your part you know what I mean so got shot number one of the vaccine out of the way and I also had my first ever pedicure me and the lady friend went up to this local nail shop to get I mean a little petty done Rub down. It was interesting that. <laughs> uh, so I'm a dude, obviously. You know I me. Mean? My feet aren't in the best shape. They're not like super haggard, like some of you dirty fucks. But uh, I'd never had a pedicure my whole life, so I figure, you know, it can only help. It's not gonna hurt any. Go in there. They like clip your toenails. Fucking rub your feet down, do the little fucking scrub on the bottom of your feet, start rubbing down your calves with all this exfoliating scrub and shit. And I I mean, it's kind of nice, man. I can't even lie. It did take a while, and they had these massage chairs that I believe might have been, I don't know if the setting was too high or if it's just maybe I was sitting on it wrong, but uh, my shoulder blades afterward were a little tender. (laughs) I think that shit was pulverizing my fucking shoulder muscles. But the Petty itself was pretty good, man. I can't lie. You know, first time for everything. You gotta, you know what I mean? You just gotta try some new things out here, man. Expand your mind a little bit. Expand your toes while you're at it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, man. We're gonna get into it. We got some things to talk about today, you know what I mean? First things first, man. I know we've been keeping tabs on this, or I've I've been keeping you guys abreast... Of what's going on with the JBP. And we thought that they were back. And it was all good, man. I played the boys back in town and everything, man. Busted out the big guns. But. I don't know. It doesn't seem. You know, everything ain't always what it seems. You know what I mean? That's all I can say about that. Everything ain't always what it seems. Basically. I told you guys. The JBP. Joe Budden Podcast with Rory and Maul and Parks. Rory and Maul left for a while, and then they came back, and we thought that everything was good. They had settled their differences or whatever, but, you know, off camera. And it it seemed like they were back to business a little bit. Maul didn't quite seem so connected. I don't even know if he said a single word one of the episodes, but he was there. But it doesn't seem to be the case, man. So long story short, or long story less long Joe gets on the pod you know Rory and Maul aren't there Parks is still there I think that's very important in this story so Joe tells his side he's basically saying Rory and Maul are kind of conspiring against him they keep asking for accounting and uh, you know they're trying to like gain ownership of the show where they shouldn't or blah 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 goes on like that for a while saying that you know their personalities are causing so much friction apparently and they're asking questions that they quote-unquote shouldn't ask that it's just you know it's causing arguments it's causing tension and stress and you could tell I think I mentioned uh Rory kind of like in a friendly joking way inviting Joe to fight a couple times but Towards the end, it, it seemed to get a little more serious. At least, Rory kind of seemed like he was serious when he was talking, you know what I mean? So, there was definitely tension building. is uh, usually a little better at kind of just keeping his cool and just remaining silent, really. But, so yeah, they're gone. Joe kind of said, you know, they, they keep asking questions that they're not entitled to answers for. So, uh, more or less, they're out of here. What really befuddles me is parks's stance on it um i mean he seems to back joe fully but at the same time the arguments that rory and maul are making you would think would impact parks as well uh their argument is they did a i don't know if they're starting a podcast but they did some separate youtube thing where where they're kind of explaining in a video podcast what their side of the story you know what happened in their eyes and basically according to them it's the same situation, but that Joe's the bad guy, obviously. You know, they're both saying, yeah, we were asking about accounting, but he never gave us a straight answer. There was there was an error in accounting and then after that was fixed, anytime we asked, like he would he was super defensive and all this stuff. So it definitely seems like miscommunication, whether lying's happening, you know, obviously, I don't fucking know. Uh, that's between them. Maul and Rory are also saying that basically Joe changed with money. You know, Joe was kind of accusing them, you know, you're asking for accounting, like you guys are too greedy, whatever, but they're kind of saying like, nah, once the money came around, Joe turned into this different guy. Maul was basically saying he turned into like who he wanted to be as a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Because when the pod started, he was wearing like, uh, I know they don't call him wife beaters anymore, but what is it, tank AT, whatever the fuck. I used to th- <laughs> I used to think they were called white beaters. White beaters, like the color, because they were always white. And I just, I don't know, beater, because it's like a shitty undershirt that's just kind of like... I felt like I always associate it with when you're done with the day, you know what I mean, take off the work clothes or whatever, and that was the shirt left, so it was just like a white beater. But <laughs> I guess not, man. Uh... The tank top undershirt, you know what I'm talking about, wearing that shit like a beanie and some sweatpants, you know what I mean, just like some Champion sweats or whatever. And then lately, the past year, maybe two years now, he's wearing. uh Mall's calling him out for the Amiri hat. He wears this fucking like red Amiri hat all the time, or a Balenciaga hat. He's wearing like Louis Louis scarves and Gucci shit and all this other stuff. So I don't know, man, like. It, you know, sometimes the proof is in the pudding. I remember, what was that? He went on some talk show, some, like, news talk show. I don't remember what it was. Probably a year or two ago. And he went up in a fucking mink coat, like 2002 killer Cam type shit. But I don't know, man. You know? I really don't know. But I'm kind of interested where Park stands on it. He gives a little... A little insight during the last Joe Budden podcast episode. But I also think, because if they're arguing about money, I don't know if they are. I would think if anyone was going to argue about money, it would be Parks. Not saying from a personality standpoint, because I don't know the dude, but because if you watch the show, you know they shoot at his house, they use all of his equipment, microphones, you know, studio equipment. All that stuff. And I'm almost positive he's the one editing and making the pod sound so nice audibly. And he contributes just as much to the podcast as far as, uh, you know, talking on the show with Rory and Maul. Because he's been engineering for so many years. He has a lot of industry knowledge for hip-hop. You know, he's like good friends with DJ Premier, one of the biggest DJs in hip-hop. He definitely contributes just as much, I think. So, whether or not he's getting chump change or if anybody is, like I said, I don't really fucking know, but from the little bit that he said on the jBP, he seems to fully back Joe. He said he's happy, you know what I mean with every all everything that's going on business wise and whatnot. So um, they provided clarity, but kind of didn't provide clarity at all. and Joe's main Joe kind of seems like he's he's like this is my show you know, I can do without you guys. And his argument was, you know, it obviously it's the Joe Budden podcast. He started the show with this girl Marissa who was uh let go. Rory jumped on in the early episodes, uh, and then Maul joined, I guess, around you know, shortly before the hundredth episode. So they've been around for quite some time, obviously. Uh, but his argument is, you know, this is my this is my creation basically. This is my piece, this is my show, and he's saying that they never discussed ownership and kind of the splits and all that stuff. You know, if you if you're in music, the splits is a fucking slang term for just splitting down royalties, splitting down who gets what, who contributed what, all that kind of stuff. So they're definitely giving two parallel stories, not the same, but kind of similar stories, just obviously in each one is, is going to be a little biased, you know what I mean? So, for now, and for the foreseeable future, Rory and Maul are gone from the Joe Budden podcast. Um, And then Joe went on the No Jumper podcast with Adam22. He They didn't really talk about that situation at all. Adam had kind of brought it up a couple times, but uh, they more so just focused on, you know, Joe's career and whatever, so I don't know, man. Like, obviously, I don't know any of these people. A lot of people, including Rory and Maul, kind of are saying that Joe, you know, he's a control freak. He's a narcissist. Uh, I think Adam22 actually called him a narcissist to his face. And not in, like, an aggressive way, but they had a debate about it. He literally looked up the dictionary definition of narcissist and said, like, see, I'm not that. So I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. Like, I see both sides of it. It's like, if Joe's story's true, then... It kind of seems like he's in the right, but obviously, on the flip side, when you listen to Rory and story, it sounds pretty legit as well. And if that's the true story, then you gotta, you kind of have to be on their side. Like it, it's, it's hard to tell, man, without knowing really what transpired behind closed doors and off camera, what the public eye can't see. It's hard to really make a judgment call. Um, but just as a fan of the show, it's unfortunate to see that the show and just kind of the limelight, maybe whatever it is, the attention that they're getting and money that comes with that seems to have potentially broken up a friendship. You know, I think I said when we last talked about it, that's why they always say don't do business, don't do business with your friends unless your friends do good business. You know what I mean? Which I guess you you'll never know until you either observe them do business or you actually do business with them. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a catch 22 a little bit, but I mean, it makes sense. If you're doing business with someone that you don't have a friendship with, you're probably not going to be as hesitant to like speak up and argue and debate things that you don't think is right or whatever. Because with your friends, you're going to, you know, be a lot more likable, probably. You're just going to go with the flow more likely, which is a lot of what Rory and Maul were saying too. Like, Oh, I was just rolling with the punches, you know, cuz I figured this was my homeboy, so he was he wasn't going to fuck me over type shit. So it it kind of it can fuck you in the long run, you know what I mean, especially if your friend isn't doing good business, which like I said, you're not going to know until you get fucked probably. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. That's still unfolding. But then this morning I saw, I know I mentioned a while back. So, let me backtrack a little bit. Joe Budden has that podcast. I know I also mentioned that he has the Joe Budden Network that houses that podcast and the two other podcasts, See the Thing Is and the one with Karen Civil that I can't remember the name of. But I know I mentioned Olivia Dope, who was my favorite host on See the Thing Is, left a while back, like a couple months ago. She actually released a video today on her Instagram where... She is essentially calling Joe out for um, sexual abuse, sexual harassment. I'm sorry. And I don't want to, I don't want to like air her out and play this whole video, but I do want to play a couple key points because it's interesting. A, the fact that, I mean, I know exactly what she's talking about because, like I said, I, I was tuned into that podcast, so I watched every episode. And I remember the episode she's talking about. Joe's essentially hitting on her on camera. But according to her story, they edited out some of it, which was pretty fucking inappropriate. And I say all that to say he, he has the podcast and he has the network. So he's essentially an executive now. He has employees. These women, being some of his employees, because he, you know, he started the podcast and he employs them. So the way he was talking to her as an employer to an employee, a hundred percent is super sketchy. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it happens all over America, unfortunately. So I guess that was kind of her point with coming out the, with the video. Like when this shit happens, women have to speak up. So shouts to Olivia dope. Much love to her. Um, Like I said, she seems to be doing her thing since she left. But he's hitting on her blatantly, you know what I mean, on camera. And this is his employee. Like, if this is your homegirl or whatever, because she kind of says, like, we didn't have a friendship prior to this before I started this job. So it's not like they had a history where he, they had a rapport where he could, like, joke around with her like that. And obviously, I'm not condoning talking misogynistically in any way, shape, or form to women in general, but you know when you got a homegirl or whatever, or a girl you know in a long time or some shit like that, you might make some jokes or some shit, whatever, but this was not that apparently. And like I said, on top of that, he employs her. So I'm going to play a little bit of this video, uh, her explaining what happened, and kind of just explaining why she left the other show, which also left me with the question... um, the other two women, Bridget, Kelly, and Mandy B, seem to have, I mean, seem, from the public eye, seem to have a great relationship with Joe, as well as Karen, who he also has made sexual comments about on his podcast, and the other chick, I think, uh, Ming Lee. Um, Like I said, from the public eye, it seems they all have great relationships, but obviously that doesn't excuse the way he spoke to Olivia, and that doesn't excuse the way she felt about it, you know what I mean? Like you can't dictate how you're making someone feel with your words. He might've thought it was all fun and games and whatever, but obviously she didn't. She fucking left. So I'm gonna play this.
3: And I want to lead by example and let her know that that is not how somebody should speak to you. And that also is a situation where if somebody does cross that line, you have to speak
0: up. Oh. She's talking to Everything daughter. that
3: transpired in that episode happened while we were recording. Um, some of it was edited out. Some of it did stay in there. And I'm going to reiterate the timestamps of how everything transpired. I'm going to go ahead and start from 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Joe calls me out by saying I've never reached out to him privately or personally. Um, This information is important to this entire scenario because it proves my lack of familiarity with this person. And that is what makes everything that transpired after that so uncomfortable even though i tried my best to laugh through it to not like i said dampen the mood of the room while we were recording at 14 34 14 minutes 34 seconds there's an edit in the recording because joe says him and i should speak more because quote He's been wanting to fuck me since we've met. Everyone in the studio, including production staff, laugh uncomfortably while one of my co-hosts confirmed that to be true. I am mortified by this revelation, not only because it's revealed while we are amongst the presence of all of the production staff, but it's also being done while we are also recording audio as well as visual. That scene was cut out and it jumps to Joe repeating, we should speak more because we have the least dialogue. At 19 minutes and 26 seconds, another edit happens because Joe makes another suggestion to having sex with me. I'm sorry. Joseph makes another suggestion to have sex with me that scene is edited out, and what is shown in right after that is me closing my eyes, saying no, and then he says, Never mind. Um, at 21 minutes 30 seconds, Joe tells me to hit a button, bitch, because I didn't hit a sound effect fast enough. At 24 minutes and 54 seconds. Joe makes a comment that I am throwing my singleness in his face. And he thought we were going to be a network power couple. I, once again, I'm trying to laugh all of this off as it's transpiring. I reply by saying, sorry, Joe, we're not. At 25 minutes and 42 seconds, I make a comment about relationships in general within the conversation. Joe retorts that My shirt that I'm wearing isn't buttoned like I'm single. I pause, cover my chest with my hand and try to brush it off once again and continue the conversation. Um, At 31 minutes, 42 seconds to about 35 minutes and change, Joe makes me feel like I'm in a hostile work environment by letting my co-hosts know that I am carrying the group because they don't dress sexy enough. Because now, not only am I embarrassed for myself in, in being objectified, but also you're making other women that I have to work with on a regular basis, uncomfortable by telling them they don't dress sexy enough. Like I said, this transpired while recording in front of cameras and in front of the entire production staff. Fast forward, we usually take a pause for about 10 to 15 minutes uh, during recording to kind of regroup and get to the next segment. During that uh, break, I leave the studio to go inside of the green room where Joe is sitting there alone. Uh, He asks me, if I was okay, and I just immediately said yes to not even try to further any sort of conversation or uncomfortableness. He then tells me to come, he's gonna come back and sit with us and just give an on air hug to lighten the mood. I say, okay, fast forward to two hours, 16 minutes and three seconds into the show. He goes down the line to give everyone their accolades. He starts with Mandy. He goes to Bridget. And then once he gets to me, the scene is edited again because he says, Olivia is unique because I wanna fuck Olivia and the fans love her. That scene is edited out. Those words are edited out. But what's left there is me widening my eyes in shock and embarrassment because After he asked if I was okay and he said he would come back to lighten the mood, I didn't think he would once again reference to wanting to have sex with me. At 2 hours, 17 minutes, and 5 seconds in the timestamp, Joe asked if he can give me an on-air hug. My co-host said yes, they insist, and I slowly get up to hug him. Still apprehensive. I give him a hug somewhat of a a distance to kind of hug, no pelvis there. Um, It's unbeknownst to me until I actually watch back the episode that he was moving his hips while he was hugging me. I laugh uncomfortably because I'm just, I don't know what else to do at that point. It's, It's nervous laughter at this point. Everyone else is like kind of chuckling and I sit back down and at two minutes, 17 seconds and, I'm sorry, two minutes. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like just get all of this out because at two hours, 17 minutes and 38 seconds, after I sit down after the on-air hug, I grab the microphone and I say, this is uncomfortable.
0: So yeah, man obviously turmoil over there over at the network at least that's what it seems like things are kind of coming out of the woodwork so like i said shouts to olivia you know what i mean um i think she did the right thing she obviously didn't agree with what happened and it made her extremely uncomfortable enough where she quit the show so uh i didn't realize when something affects you that that much impacts you know impacts your day-to-day you could tell just by the way she was talking like it, it it's been weighing on her for quite some time I don't know man you definitely can't talk to women like that especially not your fucking employees you know what I'm saying this isn't your homegirl that you've known for 10 20 years or some shit where you know you can joke like that and like I said before it's speaking like that to women in general is is not it's not a it's not a great idea, you know what I mean? Unless you want to get fucking stabbed. Apparently his track record with women uh as far as, you know, healthy relationships doesn't seem that great. So I don't know, man. It kind of seems like a lot of this stuff is starting to come out of the woodwork. So we'll see. I don't know, man. I feel like it's super ironic, too, because one of the things that he's always saying, not like a catchphrase, but one of the things that he's always preaching on their podcast is read the room. I think they even named one of the pod episodes read the room because, like, just feel the vibe, you know what I mean? You should be able to know when something's going on, but obviously he wasn't reading the room that day because, you know, according to Olivia, she, she was making it very obvious that she was uncomfortable and... You know, I guess his his reading skills were a little off that day because, you know, this is where we're at now. Just gotta love and respect women, man. Respect being the most important part, you know what I mean? You can be a straight male and love women without being a womanizer. It's all about respect, man. I mean, Maul said it from the beginning, man. If respect ain't here, I'm fucking out, so... Same applies to women. If you're not being respectful, then you can't expect respect back, you know. And you're going to have a tough time out here. Also, just real quick before we get to the actual music section. So I saw on Twitter, there's this Joe Budden podcast memes page. And they always post, there's this dude who goes by Big Pump Killer, And I guess he has a beef to, he's got a bone to pick with Joe Budden. So he just is constantly dropping diss records against this dude, and obviously with everything going on, he took the opportunity to make this little diss record, and it's kind of crazy, man. Like I don't know, Joe spent a lot of his rap career dissing a lot of people, so I guess you know he's got to roll with the punches, man. You can't be a hypocrite, but this shit, I don't know, man. This shit's crazy. I'm gonna play this real quick before we get to the music, the real music. I mean, this, <laughs> it's. It's real music more or less, but you can hear like it's unmixed. I think this dude's just fucking around, but shouts to Big Pump Killer, man.
2: Ah!
0: I tried hitting Lil B up for a feature yeah. He ain't hit me back
4: So I'm solo with this ether yeah. This whole Olivia thing I said it would happen That was this 22 And y'all thought that I was capping Joe a male chauvinist pig And he a piece of dog shit Caught red-handed Same hand he jerked his dogs with That's called bestiality Last night I really prayed to God yeah. That Joe loses his deal with Cash App and Patreon Predator. How you in business with this man when he's so trash uh. Joe Butt in the Andrew Cuomo podcast He killed his old people and try fucking his whole staff. Damn. Park's tongue still buried in your whole ass. Dang. This is nothing new. Take a look at Joe's past. Toxic. Anything good he ever has, it won't last. Master manipulator? Blame Ian cooking them spreadsheets. It's on site, I see your ass in person. No pretend beef. Suck my dick, Ian. And after that, swallow me. How long you and Joe take writing that apology? Damage control. Bridget and Mandy won't hold themselves accountable. Con. Probably because Joe already tore through and pounded you. Y'all fucked your way to the top. Joe, you need to get some help. Fans high behind keyboards, you high behind mental health Hypocrite Pumpkiller always rapping that truth uh. It's time to fire Ian, send him back to Papoose Shifty con man I'm the ad-lib assassin Y'all been hitting up my cash app, so I'ma keep attacking I got It you. don't take much for y'all to keep me in the action uh. 36 bodies, it's another reenactment what? Yeah, I'll take that old Drizzy flow Cause back then he took Tahiri, they was getting busy, Joe Man's fucked the love of your life No, these bars cut deep, man Shut up How the hell you you fuck up your rebrand. E-comaniacs. They say BPK, go get your hate on. Diddy Chill. even chilling with Maul's brother in St. John. Damn. So i puffy with your ops, having a blast. I'll state the culture now. There's button packed down to the ash. The network over. You always say respect black women. That is what you preach, dick. Then you disrespect black women. Shut up. Hypocrite style, but at this point it's a given. Yeah. Parks walk in the room, smells like somebody just shitted. Stinky. The network in shambles, it just hit the wall. Done. But I told y'all that staring at my crystal ball. Prophet. Joe rose to new height, so this a different fall. Where's your therapist? Go and get that bitch a call. Admitted you a failure on Dorset, but live left and you joked about human resources. Scumbag. Only said you sorry cause she came out and she talking. Pathetic. Joey Wanstein, man, who would ever thought it? Sexual deviant, you keep saying
0: <laughs> Yeah, man. she's getting wild out here. Like I said, sometimes the proof's in the pudding so you know what I mean That's where we at with it, man. But yeah, once again, shouts and much love to Olivia. Shouts to Rory and Maul and Parks, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, as long as everyone's getting treated fairly and respectfully, man, I don't think you'd have any issues, you know what I'm saying? That's been Maul's biggest standpoint this whole time is just, I don't go where respect isn't, you know what I mean? gotta respect me first. But yeah, sorry about that. Long-winded deep dive, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just staying on pods, I guess. Steve-O from Jackass has a podcast, I just found out. Uh, wild Wild Ride with Stevo, And And um, he just had Action Bronson on there, so I figured I'd check that out. Big Action Bronson fan, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's interesting episode. They're both funny dudes, so it was entertaining. But one thing that stuck out to me was a lot of these podcasters are doing ads. Um, I know Bill Burr was always notorious for that because he had the ads, but he wouldn't, like, listen to what they would say, basically. He would just make up his own shit, and a lot of them would end up letting the pod go because he wasn't, quote-unquote, representing the product properly type shit. But um, it at least made it funny. I was watching the Steve-O joint, and he plugged a couple things. It just it very much cut into the flow of the podcast. I think the same thing with Rogan now, that he's on Spotify. If you listen to his shit, there were like five ads back to back to back just randomly plopped right in the middle, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I see the ad shit on... On the podcast distributor that I use. I don't think mine gets enough traction yet to even have that as an option. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Sacrificing the listener experience, man. But anyway. I believe that was it for podcasting. We can move on to music. As you already know. Cole world so j cole finally put out his long anticipated album the off season and it's a great fucking album I'm, uh, that's all i gotta say man great fucking albums 12 songs he uh it was funny because i'm gonna play this first song he starts it off with like i mentioned earlier kill a cam and it just threw me off because i clicked on this shit and it came on like sounding like a Cam song. So I was like, yo, did I click on the wrong fucking album? But he just had Killer Cam featured on the the intro song to the album, 95 South is Cold World.
2: Killer! It's the off season. Let's
4: keep it tall. Y'all ain't fucking with my man. And don't check your watch. You know the time. Cold World.
5: Killer can. Niggas is fucking yeah. finished. This shit too easy for me now. Nigga Cole been going plat since back when CDs was around. What you sold, I tripled that. I can't believe these fucking clowns. Look how everybody clapping when your 30 song album do a measly hundred thou. If I'm betting on myself, then I completely double down. If you hated on a nigga, please don't greet me with a pound I be staying out the way, but if the beef do come around Could put an M right on your head you Luigi brother now, trace my steps all in this game You can see we cover ground Back and forth from NC to New York when Jeezy had the crown Vivid memories, niggas start to squeeze, we ducking down So many shells left on the ground, it make the Easter Bunny proud I get up, dust my clothes off, sleep is the cousin of death No plans to doze off, the streets that don't come with a ref I never so soft, just creep where the hustlers crept And got they O's off You reach niggas upping like Steph To blow your nose off Cause zoom tight And then resume flight As if it never happened Shit we witnessed Full of so much sickness Angels shedding tears in heaven Word to Eric Clapton Off this clever rapping Bitch my pockets going forever fatten They going forever fatten See, she's hard to tell niggas They act like they don't even fucking speak English Bitch, my pen of the paper's lethal I'm sending them straight to meet them The nigga that made them peep the reaper Creeping on you The sin of failure reeking on you Check your genitalia, pussy niggas bleeding on yourself Fucking with cold is bold But it's impeding on your health All your niggas eating off your wealth All my niggas feeding all they selves And it feels swell, Krispy Kreme dreams Sometimes my dogs want to kill 12 Uh Cause they steady harassing. We seen dilemmas like Nelly and Kelly that are in deli is fashion. My young niggas nutty, they blastin' Bullets be humming like cuddy, but one of your hoodies, spaghetti, yo, splashing. All over the driveway, y'all talking on sideways. Shots popping off, y'all laid down. Cops chalking off, y'all legs now. God, watch the Hey y'all My niggas look up to the sky like we sending on Yahweh. we sending on Yahweh. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Y'all see what the
4: fuck going on out here? Killer. <gasps> Harlem, I nine five six, John Carolina John two
1: six, John stand me. up, niggas.
2: Get the fuck out the club.
0: Get the fuck out the club. I'm sad. Homage to Lil Jon, y'all you know me. But yeah, man, that's that new J Cole. That's just the first song too. The whole fucking album is just heat, bro. That one, Amari, the second track, Pride Is the Devil, Hunted Mill, Applying Pressure, My Life, bro. All fire. That's not even all of them said. But yeah, so if you haven't checked that out, you know what I mean motherfucking cold world. Also the dog man RIP has a new album a post how did you say it? Posthumous Posthumous album coming out on May twenty eighth called Exodus one seven and let's see here it's got 13 tracks that's my dog featuring the locks and swizz beats bath salts featuring Jay-Z and Nas dogs out featuring Lil Wayne and swizz beats money 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 featuring money bag yo hold me down featuring Alicia Keys skyscrapers featuring Bono Male Stick Up Skit featuring Cross, Infrared, and Ice Pick. Hood Blues featuring Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway. Walking in the Rain featuring Nas, Exodus Simmons, and Mr. Porter. Take Control featuring Snoop Dogg, Exodus Skit, Letter to My Son featuring Usher and Brian King Joseph, and Prayer the last song, 13 songs. So yeah, rest in peace, DMX, man. That sounds like a fucking good-ass album. If you're a DMX fan and kind of just like that street rap, this definitely sounds like it should be primo. So May 28th, Exodus. Keep your eye out for that, you hear me? I also saw, I'd never heard of this dude, but rest in peace to MC Kevin, a funk singer from Brazil. I saw this article, or I saw... One of my favorite skaters, uh, Felipe Gustavo, was Brazilian, so I saw him post about it, and uh, I clicked on it, and it said, Brazilian funk singer Kevin Nascimento Bueno, better known as MC Kevin, has died after falling from the 11th floor of a hotel in the west zone of Rio. According to news, authorities were called to the scene in the evening when the incident happened. MC Kevin was then taken to the hospital in a very serious condition. He unfortunately passed away from his injuries. Unfortunately, patient Kevin Bueno did not resist and died, said the statement released. MC Kevin's wife, Diolan Bizarra, confirmed the news on Instagram stories as well. This clip shown below is his last performance where he had his wife on stage. So yeah, man, RIP MC Kevin, it doesn't say if it was like an accident, if they were partying or something, or if it was maybe, uh, you know, his personal choice, but either way, rest in peace. So I think the last thing I wanted to talk about for music was this new Damien Marley music video, right? For his new song, Life is a Circle. It's basically a, a mi- it's a music video slash mini-documentary on Virginia Key Beach down in Miami. So what I'm going to try to do is play the video so you can hear the music. It's kind of just like acoustic acapella, uh, the song itself. But as the video's going on, like I said, kind of a mini-documentary, it's showing, it's showing you different facts about this little area of Virginia Key. So let me see... Let me see if I can play this and kind of read it to you as it's coming up. I think it'll be quiet enough that I should be able to read it. Damien, aka Gong, Marley, life is a circle. So it says, in the segregated south, black people rarely had access to beaches. Following a series of protests and wait-ins in 1945, historic Key Beach Park became Miami's first quote-unquote colored-only beach. However, the beach wasn't just for African Americans. Marginalized communities like Jamaicans, Cubans, Caribbean Islanders, and South Americans felt at home there, too.
2: Life is a circle It goes round and round Mine's not a circus And I'm not a clown huh. In 1982,
0: the city of Miami closed the beach It's
2: so always with me, ya. God bless us all, each and every one of us It's so always with us now So I pray Life is a circle, goes round and round. Mine's not a circus, I'm not a clown.
0: Some people with two decades, Virginia. Was eroded by storms.
2: Somewhere their Buildings
0: were damaged and vandalized, and the parklands were invaded by exotic plants and animals. I know
2: my purpose mm. is to share what we found. Some people insist to wear others down. City officials oh, scheme to sell universe. the development rights of Virginia Key Beach Park. Who where's the crown? Never let us down, never let I down. She's always with us now, She's always with I now. Never let us down, never let I down.
0: Utah. Oh, coalition formed among no Miami's master. grassroots activists. They We're protested plans for commercial development and called for a complete restoration of Virginia Key I don't
2: Beach. No water. no water, no fence. So, crime and disaster is all in pretence. One, two, altavada Too much ill intent Oh, Oh, when will the starters Make way for the bench And when will the martyr justice for the
0: flesh. In 08, the coalition known as the Virginia Key Beach Park Trust reopened the park to the public.
2: Good God. Oh.
0: Good, good
2: God. He's always with us now.
0: Today historic Virginia Always Key Beach is an y'all. ecological treasure. Always its 82.5 acre contains the largest Never mangrove wetland down. in the state of Never
2: Florida. Let down. Always, with us, y'all. Always be the Always be
0: I just thought that was super dope. Shout out to Damian Marley. Shout out to historic Virginia Key Beach. Shout out to the city of Miami. You know what I'm saying? I just thought that was a cool way to not only provide entertainment via the music, but provide a little history, provide some education. You know what I mean? Uh, I just thought that was a really creative, cool idea. Circle of Life, Damian Marley. I believe that was it for music. So moving on to other items. I saw that, uh, I guess for a little while, Tesla was allowing people to purchase Tesla products via Bitcoin or with Bitcoin. But I saw a statement the other day. It said, Tesla has suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin. We are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Cryptocurrency is a good idea on many levels and we believe it has a promising future. But this cannot come at great cost to the environment. Tesla will not be selling any Bitcoin and we intend to use it for transactions as soon as mining transitions to more sustainable energy. We are also looking at other cryptocurrencies that use less than 1% of Bitcoin's energy slash transaction. So yeah, I mean... I thought that was interesting, um, also because Elon Musk, you know, the head of Tesla, has been talking so much and pushing this Dogecoin so much, so I, I don't know if that's coincidental, you know what I'm saying, or if it's really due to environmental factors, but if you got Bitcoin you're looking to buy a Tesla, looks like it ain't happening, so sorry son. Sorry about that, done. I also saw shouts to Jaden Smith talked about Willow not too long ago, but this article said, Jaden Smith is turning his I love you food truck into a restaurant. The multi-hyphenates new endeavor will distribute food to displaced people in Los Angeles similar to his food truck. It's for homeless people to get free food, Smith told the outlet. But if you're not homeless, not only do you have to pay, but you have to pay for more than the food's worth so that you can pay for the person behind you. That's interesting. Smith launched this I Love You food truck two years ago in LA's Skid Row area. News of his philanthropic restaurant also follows Smith's announcement about his involvement in New Balance's We Got Now campaign. Through the campaign, the footwear company will highlight Smith's Water Box project, which provides access to clean water in underserved communities. The reason I wanted to do it is because I feel like it has a bigger message of we got now like the culture has now, the youth has now, he said to Billboard. The youth is going to take over and really change and bring something different for the future of the world. Through Just Water, Smith and his organization co-founder Drew Fitzgerald also launched 501c3 which is a new type of nonprofit for a younger generation focused on energy, food, water, and shelter, according to its website. The organization is all about giving back to the community and specifically serving the black and brown communities that are disproportionately affected by these issues, Smith said. The 22-year-old didn't disclose where his I Love You restaurant will be located or when it's set to open. Damn, he's only 22 and he's doing all this shit? Shouts to Jaden Smith, man. You know what I'm saying? Going back to earlier, like, when I was smacking the shit out of my 18-year-old self, my 22-year-old self definitely wasn't doing any shit like this either. So, shouts to Jaden Smith. That's very admirable. You know what I mean? Trying to get clean water to folks, trying to get food to those who can't afford it. Uh, You like like to see shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, shouts to Jaden. What else do we got over here? I also saw this story from Oklahoma that I thought was kind of interesting. It said, Oklahoma is an open carry state with stand your ground laws. Oklahoma also allows growing cannabis for a small permit fee. The license application fee for growers, processors, and dispensaries is $2,500. This man's permit had expired and and the state is saying his grow was illegal. In most states, first-degree murder is defined as an unlawful killing that is both willful and premeditated, meaning that it was committed after planning or lying in wait for the victim. So the question is, how long should a permit be allowed to be expired before someone is charged with murder for defending their home slash business? As the trial date for an Oklahoma veteran and father charged with first-degree murder after defending his marijuana business grows closer, his family and friends have rallied to his defense. LaRue Bratcher, a 34-year-old father of five, remains behind bars nearly one year after he fatally shot a man trying to burglarize his gross shop. Premium Smoke, LLC, located in Oklahoma City. Someone broke into his place. Bratcher's uncle, Derek Neighbors, said at a Saturday rally for Bratcher. He didn't go out looking for trouble. He was in his own place of business. His trial is set to begin begin later this month. I don't know why it's posted down here, but the heading was, quote-unquote, He didn't go out looking for trouble. Oklahoma community rallies for black father charged with murder for shooting white burglar breaking into his business. Um. Yeah, I I just thought that was interesting. I mean, even if the permits expired, I'm sure the business is still in your name, expired or not, you know what I mean? And it sounds like Oklahoma is a stand... open carry and stand your ground state. So... you know. It's, it seems like he was abiding by the fucking law. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, much love to the Bratcher family. Hopefully... I've never been to Oklahoma, but hopefully uh, they come around on that and see that, you know, they fucked up. But staying on cannabis, actually, I saw this other article that I thought was worth mentioning. Republican co-chairs of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus unveiled a bill on Wednesday to federally legalize cannabis but which contains zero considerations for amending the wrongs of prohibition. Republican co-chairs of the Cannabis Caucus on Wednesday introduced a bill to remove cannabis from the Federal Controlled Substances Act, issue rules for sales one year after enactment, allow financial institutions to serve cannabis companies in non-legal states, and direct the Department of Veteran Affairs to recommend cannabis. The Common Sense Cannabis Reform for Veterans, Small Businesses, and Medical Professionals Act, sponsored by Representatives Dave Joyce of Ohio and Don Young of Arkansas, would also require the National Institutes of Health to conduct studies on cannabis impairment and how cannabis can be used for pain management. Those studies, along with a report to Congress, would be required within two years of enactment. In a statement, Stephen W. Hawkins, Interim President and CEO of the U.S. Cannabis Council, said it is incredibly encouraging to see Republican leadership to end the federal prohibition and criminal, criminalization of cannabis. Young said that the Fed's outdated cannabis policies have stood in the way of both individual liberty and a state's 10th Amendment rights. Joyce described federal prohibition as neither tenable nor the will of the American electorate. My legislation answers the American people's call for change and addresses our state's need for clarity by creating an effective federal regulatory framework for cannabis that will help veterans, support small businesses and their workers, allow for critical research and tackle the opioid crisis, all while respecting the rights of states to make their own decisions regarding cannabis policies that are best for their constituents, Joyce said in a press release. The legislation is also backed by the National Medicinal Cannabis Coalition and the National Cannabis Roundtable. The measure was referred to the Committees on Energy and Commerce, Judiciary, and Financial Services. So that would be dope, you know what I mean, federally legalized, legalized, little Peter Tosh, that would be nice, you know what I'm saying, I think I mentioned I'm actually going up to Brooklyn this weekend, where it is legal now, so you know your boy's gonna be blowing down that funky stuff, man, but it'd be nice to be able to do it in my home state, Florida as well, you know what I'm saying, but rest in peace Peter Tosh, I mean, smoke some bitch.
5: <laughs> it. Don't criticize
0: Do. Peter Tosh I think I mentioned on here before uh Peter Tosh was one of the founding members of the Whalers with Bob Marley and Bunny Whaler. Rest in peace to all three of them. I know we talked about bunny passing a little while ago. But you know what I'm saying? Just figured that was appropriate for the fucking wee segment. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Not even segment, just uh, you know. little wee song, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, this next shit, you guys have probably heard about it. It's pretty heavy. It's also, article's pretty lengthy. So go ahead and buckle in. But I'm sure you guys have heard about what's going on over in the Middle East. And if you haven't, I'm here to tell you about it. So... More than 100 civilians have been killed and over 1,000 wounded as the latest round of fighting between Israel's military and Hamas, the Palestinian militant group ruling the neighboring Gaza Strip, hurtled toward an all-out war with neither side showing any signs of backing down. So far, a total of 122 people, including 31 children and 20 women, have died in the Gaza Strip since tensions escalated on Monday. At least 900 others have been injured, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. Meanwhile, a total of seven people, including a soldier and a six-year-old, were killed in Israel. More than 523 others have been wounded, according to the Israel Defense Forces. An eighth Israeli citizen and 87-year-old woman also died after falling while on her way to a bomb shelter, according to the Israeli Emergency Services. Friday marked the fifth straight day of fighting between the two sides amid growing fears that Israel's military would launch a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip. The IDF said early Friday that ground forces including tanks and artillery were now firing into the blockaded Palestinian territory from the Israeli side of the border while aircraft continued to strike targets. The IDF said there were currently no Israeli boots on the ground in the Gaza Strip after a spokesperson erroneously told ABC News that troops had entered the territory. The spokesperson said the error was due to a miscommunication between forces and his media team. Nevertheless, the deployment of ground troops along the border signaled an escalation in the ongoing conflict, which is reportedly the worst outbreak of violence between Israeli forces and Hamas since a 50-day war in the summer of 2014. The last word was not said, and this operation will continue as long as necessary, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a statement early Friday, Hamas, which gained a majority in the 2006 Palestinian legislative election and took control of the Gaza Strip in 2007 after battling rival Palestinian forces began firing a barrage of rockets toward Israeli territory on Monday evening. In response, the IDF unleashed hundreds of airstrikes aimed at what is said were Hamas and other terror targets in the Gaza Strip, a 140 square mile territory, where 2 million Palestinians have lived under a blockade imposed by neighboring Israel and Egypt since Hamas seized power. The IDF said that Hamas and Islamic Jihad, a smaller Palestinian militant group, have fired more than 1,750 rockets from the Gaza Strip into southern and central Israel since Monday, of which approximately 300 misfired and exploded inside the Palestinian territory. Israel's air defense system, known as the Iron Dome, has intercepted 90% of the rocket attacks, according to the IDF. The fact that there aren't more casualties in Israel does not mean that Hamas isn't trying to kill Israeli civilians, the IDF said in a statement Friday morning. It simply means that the IDF is preventing them from doing so on an incredible level. The Iron Dome aerial defense system and easily accessible bomb shelters all over Israel have saved thousands of lives. IDF troops will continue to work 24-7 to defend Israeli civilians at the highest level possible and minimize Gazan casualties wherever possible. The rockets were aimed at various Israeli cities including Jerusalem and Tel Aviv with some striking multiple homes as well as a school, a a hospital, and a bus, according to the IDF. Hamas, claiming to be defending Jerusalem, has said that Israel bears responsibility. The group aims to establish an independent Palestinian state that includes parts of modern-day Israel. It's the Israeli occupation that set Jerusalem on fire and the flames reached Gaza, Hamas's exiled leader, Ismail Hanaye said in a televised address earlier this week. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I know I'm I'm butchering these names. Meanwhile, Israeli airstrikes have hit more than 650 terror targets in the Gaza Strip, according to the Israeli military, including rocket launch sites, attack tunnels, and three high-rise buildings that Israeli officials said were used by Hamas. The IDF said it warned civilians to evacuate before striking the targets. The IDF said Thursday that it was calling up some 9,000 reservists. As Israeli troops began amassing at the Gaza frontier that night, the IDF ordered all, all Israelis living at the border to go into their safe rooms and remain in there until further notice. Throughout Thursday night and into Friday morning, the IDF said 160 aircraft were targeting an underground network of tunnels that Hamas had dug up in the northern Gaza Strip. The Israeli airstrikes have killed a total of more than 100 Hamas and Islamic Jihad operatives, including several high-ranking officials, according to the IDF. So far, Hamas has confirmed 13 deaths among its militants, including a senior commander, while Islamic Jihad said seven of its militants had died. The Palestinian Ministry of Health said that Israeli airstrikes have destroyed at least 500 homes in the Gaza Strip, along with 60 government buildings and three apartment towers. Some 23 schools and universities have also been damaged while 24 factories and industrial establishments have been damaged or destroyed. Scores of people have been displaced and are taking shelter at a United Nations-run school due to a lack of bomb shelters, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. Sasha Butzma, Director of the World Health Organization's office in the Gaza Strip told ABC News on Friday that there was a major shortage in medical supplies and fuel, as hospitals were currently running on ventilators. The United States has deployed its Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Israel and Palestinian Affairs, Haiti Amer, to the Middle East to meet with leaders from both sides in the coming days. President Joe Biden had a telephone call with Netanyahu on Wednesday while U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has spoken to leaders on both sides. Israel and the U.S. both consider Hamas a terrorist organization. The U.S. government has voiced support for a two-state solution in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict which would create an independent Israel and Palestine. Conflict between Israelis and Palestinians has raged on for decades, but tensions have heightened in recent weeks over a long-running legal battle on the potential expulsion of Palestinians from their Jerusalem homes. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians fled or were displaced from their homes during a war that accompanied Israel's creation in 1948. Some Palestinian refugees were rehoused in East Jerusalem, by the Jordanian government in the 1950s before Israel captured the city from Jordan during the 1967 war. Now, several Palestinian families are facing possible eviction from land that Jewish settlers claim they lost to Arabs during the 1948 war. Israeli law allows citizens to take back such land, but it does not allow Palestinians to do the same. On Sunday, the Israeli Supreme Court decided to delay a ruling on the case by up to 30 days after the Attorney General requested more time to review. Just days before Hamas and Israeli forces began trading rockets and airstrikes, hundreds of Palestinian protesters and dozens of Israeli police officers were injured in clashes in the old city of Jerusalem at a sacred site known to Jews as the Temple Mount and to Muslims as the Noble Sanctuary. The compound is considered the holiest place in Judaism because it was the site of two ancient temples. It's also home to Al-Asqa Mosque, one of the holiest structures in Islam, and the Dome of the Rock, an Islamic shrine. Dozens more people and officers have been injured in recent days amid wide-scale riots and violence between Arabs and Jews on the streets of various Israeli cities, according to Israeli police. Israel's prime minister has condemned the rioting and violent clashes as unacceptable. Nothing justifies the lynching of Jews by Arabs, and nothing justifies the lynching of Arabs by Jews, Netanyahu said in a statement Wednesday. Mass protests have also broken out across the West Bank, a landlocked territory that Israel captured from Jordan along with East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip during the 1976 war. Palestinians want to include the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and the Gaza Strip in their future state. Ten Palestinian protesters were shot and killed in clashes with Israeli security forces. In the West Bank on Friday, more than 600 others were injured by live ammunition, including several critically, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. So yeah, dude, I mean, shit is real out there, you know what I mean? Much love to everyone in the Middle East, in Israel and Palestine, specifically, obviously, the Gaza Strip area. I mean, I don't know much about, you know, the politics behind it, besides what we heard in the article and everything, but I know that that shit's been going on forever, you know what I mean? It's like the never-ending fucking war out there. But, yeah, much love to everybody out there. Hopefully, you know. I always thought it was, I don't know, I always thought it was over oil, but apparently it's over, you know, political shit and just sounds like long-standing beefs, you know what I mean, that were never fully resolved so much love to israel much love to palestine hopefully they can resolve their differences and live in peace but i think last thing we're going to talk about is we mentioned the andrew brown jr case uh i don't know if it was last episode or a couple weeks ago but there's an update on that the district attorney for the pesquat tank here we go again the district attorney for the Pasquatank County will not bring criminal charges against sheriff deputies who shot and killed Andrew Brown Jr. in Elizabeth City, a move likely to increase tension and protest over police violence. Pasquatank County District Attorney Andrew Womble announced the news while discussing the state's investigation at a press conference in the county's public safety building Tuesday. Brown died after being shot by sheriff's deputies who came to his house to serve arrests and search warrants related to drug charges. A private autopsy commissioned by Brown's family showed he was hit by at least five bullets with the fatal wound from a shot in the back of his head. Brown was sitting in his car attempting to flee when he was shot by deputies who arrived at the scene in full tactical gear. Seven deputies were placed on administrative leave following the incident Since then, Sheriff Tommy Wooten said a preliminary investigation showed three officers fired their weapons and the other four are back on active duty. The shooting sparked peaceful protests in the city, with local residents marching alongside activists from across North Carolina and the nation. Protesters have demanded that the video footage from deputies' body cams and a police vehicle's dash camera be made public. The official requests were initially denied by a judge but could be reconsidered following the outcome of a state's investigation. Brown's family and an attorney were allowed to view a portion of the footage under that judge's order. It's customary in North Carolina for the State Bureau of Investigation to look into shootings by law enforcement. The agency then turns over its findings to the local district attorney to determine whether charges are warranted. In a tweet on April 28th, a week after the shooting, SBI director Robert L. Schurmeyer promised that the full resources of the NCSBI are being utilized to pursue an independent, thorough, and impartial investigation into the matter of Mr. Brown's death. The family, the community, and all impacted by this event deserve no less, he wrote but it's that was all there was for the article but it sounds like they're not getting charged at least for the time being which is fucked up i mean it was a shot to the back of the head is nothing you know i feel like that that can't be just a coincidence it just i mean it could happen i guess you know what i mean anything can happen but shot to the back of the head sounds more like you know they shot him and then they went up and make sure he was dead fucking plugged one in the back of his head like some mafia shit but obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know. But once again, rest in peace, Andrew Brown Jr., much love to his family. But I think uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up for episode forty five, man. Appreciate you guys hanging in hanging in there with me, you know what I'm saying? This might have been the the longest episode thus far. We're at like almost an hour and a half, not quite, but shit. But yeah, man, I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me, man once again episode 45 the K motherfucking podcast you know the motherfucking vibes stay safe stay smart stay sexy and stay tuned alright that's all I got man we could play a little T.O.P cause now I'm down after reading that last shit but we just can't get out of here man much love to you guys we're gonna be in good spirits next episode I promise you that Peace. One love. You know what I mean? Do some push-ups. Peace. The case. Okay. That's a a big one. In you don't have to go home. You can't stay here.